Hey everybody and welcome to the Kickabout England march on into the quarterfinals to play France. I'm your host Chris. And I'm Dan. Just the two amigos again. Welcome, mm. everybody, to episode number 108. 108, I'll start that again. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's another celebratory one. We're off the back of the England victory just uh, two nights ago. Was it, was it yesterday or the night, day yes, before? last night. England. It was last night, yes. Um, losing, losing track <coughs> of, me, uh, of me days already. Um, I would, however, like to make one request, if that's possible. Is it possible that we could have a week where somebody isn't coughing loads <laughs> on the uh, If you could, like, you know, go and, like, I don't know, get an exorcist in or do what you need to do to get rid of your cough. That would be, be lovely. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, we don't actually know where Pete is, do we? No. We <laughs> if anyone's coming. seen him, just uh, send us a message. <laughs> um, he, he said earlier that he wasn't, uh, that he had a really bad cough and stuff. So we're assuming that's why he's not here, but we haven't actually heard from him. Um, but uh, anyway, um, we will start as always with this. Damn the stat, man. This one's a, probably a slightly harder one. Lovely. You might not get it, but it's... Uh, it's very insulting from you. Well, obviously, it's World Cup, so it's, it's obviously some of the like different teams. I mean, could you tell me who Morocco's goalkeeper is? Uh, no. No. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not part of the question, but that's what I mean. Um, so the question is, Croatia's Dominic Livakovic is the third goalkeeper to make three saves in a single World Cup penalty shootout. After who? Oh, I love that. That's uh, that's fresh off, isn't it? I mean, mm. that, that game finished what three hours ago, two hours ago. Yeah, we've already got a stat. That's the yeah. sort of dedication we love on this show. <laughs> um, excellent. Yeah, we'll, we'll <coughs> cover that game as well as some of the other games later on. But of course, there is only one place to start. The triumphs. <laughs> yes, that's Brazil scaring the world um, <laughs> with their domination over South Korea at the moment. It's currently four nil with half an hour to go. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's talk England because mm. it was another. It was another strange performance because the first 35 minutes, it was very much kind of what we've seen from England, other than the Iran game where we sort of really dominated from start to finish. Mm. Um, the first 35 minutes was was quite similar again in that we were slow at the blocks. We weren't particularly intense with what we were doing. We weren't particularly adventurous or expressive. And then as soon as we get that first goal, it's like the weight was lifted off of our shoulders again. And, and then from then on, we never really looked back. Yeah, it was yeah, it was first half hour or so, wasn't it? Thirty five minutes, whatever you said it was, but yeah, it was extremely boring. I think we were in the group. Well, we were all in different places, um, and in the group chat, we were pretty much just having a chat because the <laughs> game itself was so bloody boring. Yeah, I mean, it, you, obviously, you get up for these games. You know, it's a knockout stage of a World Cup, and England are playing. Uh, you know, a team that we're expected to beat. Let's be honest. Let's not, you know, no dis disrespect intended to Senegal, but we are expected to beat to beat them. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the game could have been different. I mean, Senegal mm. didn't really pose that much attacking threat, but they did create one or two clear I, chances. Yeah, I, I thought they had probably two good chances that Pickford done really well to make. What one a of the save saves. that was! Yeah. Um, and really? I don't know how the bloke missed when he was about four yards out and managed to sky it. No, I must admit, I thought that was deflected over yeah, when I first saw it, and I then. It, 
saved it. They get like, give a goal kick and realise that oh no, he's actually just ballooned mm. it over the bar. But I, I felt that I was actually expecting. I was I was kind of disappointed with Senegal as well because having watched them in the group stages, we spoke about you know what you can roughly expect from Senegal yeah. or from African teams in general is that you know they don't always have the end product and the quality, but what they will have is that intensity, that desire, and just energy across the ninety minutes. And I actually felt that they lacked a lot of that in that mm. game that you know that we were there for the taking in the first <laughs> 35 minutes i just don't think they really properly capitalized on how slow we were out of the blocks yeah well i think that was the problem they just weren't clinical enough because they were pressing us like no one's business um we every time we got the ball there was a green player around us and we really struggled for the first half an hour to string more than like three passes together mm. um so i think they came with a game plan and for the first half an hour it worked really well but as soon as we got that goal, I think their game plan probably just sort of went out the window. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, to and in also to get the the second goal just before, literally with the last kick yeah. of the first half was uh, was a real sort of killer blow. I mean, you you almost sensed at that point that the game was almost over yeah, yeah. In, in sort of Senegal's body language and how they played from that point forward. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really know how to how to really rate the performance overall because... You have to take it in isolation that you know the, that first thirty-five and the second minute. So if you're averaging in the middle, it's probably another sort of six or seven out of ten. Mm. But with the second, with the, the last hour being an eight or a nine out of ten, but the first thirty-five being like a three or a four out of ten. Mm. Um, and I just worry that if we start the French game on Saturday in the same way, I'm not so sure the game will be at nil yeah, nil no, when we finally decide to start playing. We'll get battered if we played like we did in that first half hour. What do you think of the lineup? That we started with? Um, I was a little... Well, I mean, obviously, the Ster the Sterling situation, which obviously isn't very good for one, yeah. but that was a bit of an unknown going into that because I think we all sort of expected that he was going to start had he been available for selection. But Sterling. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, as I said to you <laughs> in the chat, from a purely footballing perspective, take away you know the, the, the horrendous nature yeah. of what he's had to fly back for. Uh, from a purely footballing point of view, I think it might just be a bit of a blessing in disguise yeah, for England yeah. because it forces Southgate's hand that he has to change one of his beloved but, players. Yeah, it annoys me because, like I said, that I think he definitely would have started if he because it said that he wasn't involved in the squad, um, so we knew he wasn't going to be playing. But yeah. I think the fact that Saka started again over Rashford, I think Sterling would have started over Foden had he been there, and it just seems strange to me that. After the uh, the Wales game, the way Rashford played, and I thought Foden had a good game as well, that you didn't just stick with that sort of front three. Yeah, and I don't think again, with the greatest respect, you're not playing a team like France. No. So you're choosing between those two is not a case of well, he's going to be better because of who we're playing against. Mm. All of those players were just suggested should have been perfectly fine for that game. Is there a case for saying? Do you think that Rashford not starting that game? And Saka starting is because he's going to play Rashford against France, maybe instead of Foden. Nah, I think it it would have it would have gone with Saka and Sterling for both games, Senegal and um, France. Yeah, it is frustrating, but he do, he does have his favourites, and I mean we've seen it in defence. Obviously, Carl Walker's slotted straight in for Trippier now that Carl Walker's fit again. Harry Kane seems to be playing ninety minutes every single game, and I don't think Harry Kane's been that great. No, I mean you know he's. He took his goal really well, in fairness to him. That was a really good finish. Um, but <laughs> we've been screaming for him to play <laughs> higher up the pitch, and that was because he was virtually the furthest man up the pitch when we had that counter-attack. Mm. And we know he is clinical when he when he's in those positions. 
So I was pleased that he got the goal because a little bit like yeah, the Euros. I definitely needed him to get a goal, um, especially just before we play France, just to give him that bit of confidence. Yeah, and he he was the same in the Euros, wasn't he? Because mm. I don't think he... Did he really get going until the knockouts? I'm, I'm trying to think. I know he scored against... Did he score against Germany in the knockouts? Yeah, I can't remember. Because um, it was the previous World Cup he got the golden boot. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I may, I may be misremembering this, but I seem to recall that he had a similar goal drought if you like at the start mm. of the last euros and then it picked up towards the end of the tournament so you know if, if that's going to be the same again and Kane suddenly finding form now then i'm all for it yeah. because it's the, we yeah. know we're at the business end of the tournament now um but yeah i thought i, I mean i thought Foden played very well i thought saka played very well i thought saka's finish was was very cute yeah yeah uh, to know exactly where the goalie was um henderson started obviously yeah i mean that was a Bit of an odd one, actually. I wasn't. That was probably the one I wasn't expecting, really. Mm. Um, obviously, the Sterling one you can't factor in because we didn't know what was happening in the background. Walker for Trippier, I suspect he's gearing Walker up to try and get him as fit as humanly possible to play against Mbappe. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought Walker was getting torn apart by Ismaili Saar, to be mm. honest. So I, I'm that not, was concerning. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to him seeing him go up against Mbappe. I mean, in the Poland game, France against Poland... Obviously, Mbappe did eventually score two world-class goals mm. and he did have a very good game overall. But for the most part, Poland restricted him to sort of half chances mm. and, and and they weren't allowing him too much space to run with the ball because they kept doubling up on him. And I feel like that's what he's going to have to do. If they if they want to keep Mbappe quiet, um, you're going to have to do... You're going to have to double up on him. You're going to have to really put in the work. And the problem I see with that is that that in itself may lead England to play in a more defensive way because... Unless they go to a back five and play wing backs, which means that <laughs> you should always have your wing back and then a potentially one of your three centre backs to come across and double up. Oh, I'll be annoyed if he suddenly switches to a back five now, because to me, that's going in with the really sort of underdog. We're not expected to win this game. Mm. And I, I know like England fans get stick for being overconfident, but I feel like you look at our squad, we should be confident that we can go toe-to-toe with France. Yeah, and I mean, Poland, for a decent chunk of that game, I thought were the better team. Mm. Um, I mean, there was a chance, I can't remember who it was who had the chance on the edge of the box, but the ball was pulled back to somebody, maybe roughly on the penalty spot, and he just blasted the ball straight at Hugo Lloris. Now, if that goes in, mm. it's a very, very different game. And in the end, um, France go down the other end not long after that, and Giroud scores a really nice goal. Yeah, becomes the front the French top goal scorer of all time, which is an amazing, yeah, crazy, uh, amazing stat. And then, yeah, and then Mbappe does what Mbappe does and scores two two beauties. So, I do think France are there for the taking. They've got five of their big hitters unavailable. I don't actually think they're as good as the media seem to think they are at centre midfield. Mm. Um, you know, they're good, yeah. but I don't think they're as invincible as the media likes to portray them. Mm. And from what I saw, defensively, they could be got out as well. Like, yeah. Jules Kunde at right back looks very sus for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, I know it's centre back, they, you know, they're big and strong mm. in, in, in that back line, but I don't think they're that particularly mobile. No, and, and Hugo Lloris has always got a mistake in him. Yeah, you're waiting for him to make it. He'll, yeah. he'll pull out a world he saved, but then he'll, he'll put one on a plate for yeah. you at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I, I, I think you can be quietly confident and as we kind of said last week when we were talking about um about England it's it's the our pes- our pessimism with the England squad isn't because of the squad of players we've got it's the way we set up yeah and I think that is what a lot of <coughs> England fans are feeling ahead of this game is not we don't have a chance it's are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot by mm. setting up in the wrong way and really not giving ourselves a chance because 
the one thing that has impressed me about this, uh, the Senegal game and also the um, one or two of the other games where we've gone in front, maybe because of the quality of opposition, perhaps, but when we scored one goal, we haven't then immediately sat back. We've actually got on the hunt to get more. Mm. Um, I mean, we're top scorers in the tournament. I think, I don't know if Brazil's current result changes that, it might do. Um, but either way, we've scored about 13 goals from eight or nine different goal scorers. Mm. So the team is playing well. There's goals in the team. We've been incredibly clinical as well. Like we get chances, we don't. We haven't been missing them. No. Um, so I definitely think there We've is had there a is lot reason. Of scorers as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think there is reason to be optimistic. I really do. Um, I do think that. I don't think this is as a foregone conclusion as a lot of people seem to think. Mm. It'll be a very tough game, but I think that England. It will. Be, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like it would be nice to stay in as long as possible. Um, but obviously, we we always say that we we end up getting quite easy teams yeah um so it'd be nice to to have that test and to see what we are made of um the problem is with this Southgate football is when you're winning you put up with it because you're winning and that's the main thing but when you lose you that's when it's sort of the negativity really sort of becomes a big it's, thing. It's a ticking time bomb, yeah. isn't it? When you play that style of football, and it's the, <coughs> to a certain degree, it's the same with David Moyes at West Ham, right? Mm. Last season, we had a very successful season, but in the second half of the Premier League season, we were really poor. Yeah. But in Europe, we were doing well, so everybody kind of stuck with it. Yeah. For the most part, the noise was kept under wraps. Now, we're in the Conference League, so it doesn't hold as much weight this season with the fans as the Europa League did. And of course, we've been really poor in the Premier League, so now all of the negativity is coming out. And I'll be honest, I'm just as negative about Moyes currently as as the next West Ham mm. fan. It's the same with England. If you're playing well, as you say, you're beating teams by four, six goals, everyone's happy. Yeah. But there is always going to be that lingering voice in the background that's just waiting to pipe up, waiting for England to fall over. And again, that's the pessimism of the English fans. Mm. That, you know, we love to berate the team when they're down and we love to cheer it's coming home when we beat a shit team four yeah. <laughs> nil. Um so but I do I do genuinely think I think it's warranted. I think you you I I think there's something in it. Like if you we need we need a slightly more attacking approach I think. I think Especially we, with you know our biggest strength is our attack. Yeah. And I, I do think we can go I think we can go toe-to-toe with these big teams. There isn't a single team in this World Cup that I would look at and go, Jesus Christ, if they don't win this tournament, I'll be amazed. Mm. There's not been a single one. There's been one or two teams that have put in really good performances every now and then, like Brazil are tonight, but then South Korea have been absolutely dreadful. But I've not seen, you know, across the entire tournament, I don't think Brazil have been amazing. They've been good, don't get me wrong, Mm. same as France. But I do think that, you know, there's, there's opportunities there and I don't think England should be afraid at all. And even on the bench... You know, like the fact that we've got Rashford and did have Sterling and Grealish. Yeah, we've got more than good enough players. That's one thing that did annoy me actually. The the subs he made, I thought, you know, that was the one chance where likes of Madison and that could have come on, um, and he played like Calvin Phillips and stuff. Yeah, that game was almost as as <coughs> as big a chance or bigger, more of a chance to play those, uh, you know guys on the fringes mm. than the Wales game was yeah. because the game was done and dusted. Yeah, we were cruising. We were, we were cruising at that point. Senegal weren't posing as any threat. Mm. And he brings on Eric Dyer for, for John Stones, was it? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think, oh, what? Ch- I don't understand why that change was needed, A. Mm. Um, you know, you could argue that he's resting them. And it's like, yeah, but they're not really working that hard. No. Um, so, and I think bring Connor Cody on. The Pope's been at like two major tournaments now. He's yeah. not going to play a minute yeah. now. 
because unless through some crazy situation, neither him or Madison are getting on the pitch now between now yeah. and whenever we England. And Conor Gallagher as well. Conor Gallagher is another one, yeah. So I do think that was a bit of a missed opportunity. And I, I could really see, you know, Henderson from Madison would have been such an easy change yeah, to make. Yeah. Uh, leave Rice and Bellingham yeah, behind. You, you know, you could quite easily, or even Conor Gallagher, you can just tell Conor Gallagher, look, we don't want you shooting forward, just sit in that midfield. Yeah, just go and get the ball, have a bit of fun mm. and just spray it about a bit. Um, and he brings on players that are tried and tested that we know what we're going to get, when we're going to get, and he's just not really learned anything. Mm. So that being said, he did say that he's not here just to hand out caps for the sake of it. But with Madison in particular, so far from what we've seen, it very much seems like Southgate picked him just to shut the media up. Yeah, 100%. Um, and he, he took him purely for that, uh, for that just, you know, yes, I'll take him. Yes, I've heard everybody. Yes, it's a good news story, but actually I'm not I wonder. I wonder what it's like. Because I mean, obviously, I imagine you're over the moon getting that call up, but then to do to go to the entire tournament, and not play a minute. You know, are you are you just happy to be there, or are you a bit miffed that you've not even featured? I think initially, the first game, couple of games, you're probably in that first fight, mm. that first bracket where you're just buzzing to be there. But then, as you know, as the tournament goes on, you see opportunities where you could have had a game. Yeah. You see them come and see go. The same people going on. The same people going on. Um, <coughs> you suddenly, you're, you know, <clears throat> these guys are not stupid. They realise that the team is the team, and now we're playing team. You know, from this point onwards, every game is potentially going to be against a top team because mm. we couldn't have either having Spain or Portugal in the in the semi final. Should we get past France, mm. and in the final, it could be one of either was it Netherlands, Argentina, Argentina Netherlands, Brazil, yeah. or Croatia. So yeah. it's, you know, the the, the quarterfinals are stacked. Mm. You know, this is the first time for a little while where we've actually had a really stacked card. Yeah, all the favourites seem to be going through at the moment. Exactly, with yeah. the exception of one or two. So <coughs> I would like to see England go a bit more toe-to-toe. I would like to see that happen. But I am gutted that somebody like James Madison, who has, from a stats point of view, been England's most creative yeah. midfielder yeah. this season in the Premier League, not be given a single minute. I appreciate he's only just coming to the squad at the last minute, but definitely. especially the first few get like Mount hasn't had a good World Cup, and I think that's why he's now out of the team. Yeah, which I think is you know yeah. fair play to Southgate. Yeah. You know that's a decision we all saw. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'd be I'd be frustrated. Um, I'm happy that Wilson got has had some minutes. Um, you know we're under no illusions. Of course he's going to pick Harry Kane. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think realistically anyone with. You know, outside of the fantasy realm of like picking your favorite team, picking your favorite players, I don't think anyone realistically is going to pick Wilson over Kane in a World Cup. No, um, you'd have to play a different system because you can't you can't not have Harry Kane on the pitch. It's just he just frustrates me so much. I mean, it doesn't really bother me when he plays for Spurs, but watching him for England, like I mean, the Jordan Henderson goal, Harry Kane wasn't even the picture because he was that deep. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but then, as, as you say, then the flip side is that is the goal that he did score was because he was high yeah, on the pitch. Yeah, but that's um, what I mean. You know, you want your striker in that position. I think he'd score so many more goals if he was in that position where he scored that second goal. Because he's got players that can feed him. You've mm, got Foden, you've yeah. got Saka, you've got He doesn't Bellingham. need to be dropping into CDM position, nah, especially when we're already playing three CDMs. <laughs> um, let's talk some individual performances in that in that game then um, and talk about you know, how important these players are. Now, the obvious one is is Bellingham. Mm-hmm. He's the one that, that's garnering all the attention at the moment. Um, Probably our youngest player on the pitch as well, isn't he? 19, yeah, he will be. Um, I I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate, if I may. 
Um, and I want to get your opinion on this. This might be, we don't have, we, we rarely have disagreements yeah. on the show, but this could be one of them, depending on what you think. Um, <clears throat> I think, obviously, Bellingham has had a very good World Cup so far. He's been arguably our best, most consistent player across the across the four games. Um, but I think now, and I don't know why I'm only really, why the penny has only just dropped now, but the hype machine that is generated by England fans, England media, mm. I just think that this, we need to be very careful with Bellingham because, yes, he's been good, but I dare I say it, has he been that good for England to warrant all this, all these posts you see on social media and on the news where they're saying like, oh my God, he's a £120 million midfielder. Oh my God, he's the best player. In the, he's a general, once in a generational talent, all this kind of stuff. Is it is that warranted? To be fair, I think he'll be on the list for like the World Cup golden boy. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, they give it to a youngster. Yeah. Um, I think him and the likes of sort of Pedri, etc. for Spain. And I think he'll be on that list because he's been our best player, I would say. Um, but the problem thing is he does that job where, you know, he's not scoring screamers and he's not clearing the balls off the line. Yeah. He does all the dirty work. Um, and everything that we've sort of done in this World Cup, I feel like has pretty much come through him. Yeah, I mean, look, I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve praise. I'm not mm. saying that he's not been good because he absolutely has. I just, I, I think back to some of the other players in the past, some of the other players that have had this level of hype. Jaden Sancho is the obvious one that sticks mm. out of mind where the, the media were, especially when he was at Dortmund, obviously before he went to United, the hype around him was in, was incredible. Like He was going to be the next big thing for England. He was going to be the one that was going to really spearhead our push into the major competition, uh, you know, deep into the knockout stages. And obviously, you know, his career has right now fallen flat on its face at, at United. And I just don't, I just wish people would just, just chill out a little bit with the, with this, let Bellingham play his natural game. Mm. He's clearly a talented player with an incredibly bright future ahead of him. He doesn't need the extra pressure of being touted as this, general once in a generation talent being compared to the likes of like Gerard and all this lot just let the guy play he's 19 years mm. old just give him a chance to you know really find his feet he's almost certainly going to get a big money move in the summer you would think um hopefully not to united on that uh evidence and Sancho. <laughs> um i just it's just... weird that england players are you know you're saying like 120 million this that and the other um, I wonder why they have such massive price tags because it, imagine if there was like a, a young Serbian player that had lit up the World Cup I don't think he'd be getting rated at 120 million no um, I mean there, there obviously there are <coughs> a lot of it is probably hype because hype can often equal commercial mm. activity you know for example if you've got a player who's you know like a TikTok star and everything else if the Man United example is the, is the yeah, obvious one they buy yeah. players because of their commercial value yeah. so they're not necessarily looking for players that are going to benefit the team they're looking for players that are going to generate the most money and I wonder if that's part of it where big they know that the you know they know what the English media are like they know what the English fans are like where they're looking for that next big thing to really pin their hopes mm. of, a, of a major trophy we know England still haven't won a major trophy since 66 yeah. so I can understand why when a you know a top player comes along that they're looking at going, oh yeah, he's the next one coming through the ranks. You know, we thought to a point we thought the same about Phil Foden. Yeah. Um, yeah. a couple of years ago that he was going to be the next big thing. I mean, he's he's developed um you know brilliantly, mm. but he's still not a regular for England. Yeah. Um, which is kind of an odd thing to say given how good he is. So yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to play devil's advocate there a bit because I see all this hype and I'm just thinking. 
he he's like one or two games away from going the opposite way. Like if mm. one, if let's say he hasn't, I hope he doesn't. I'm touching wood as I say this. I hope he has an amazing game against France. But if he has an absolute stinker, and then maybe has a couple of you know things go wrong for Dortmund or whatever, mm. all of a sudden he's he's then touted as a flop. He's he's then yeah. touted as a you know a wasted talent and another one that was you know that has passed by and he's not mm. going to be the next thing. Just like. Don't ever put him on that pedestal in the first place because you're setting him up for a fall. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we know what England fans like. <laughs> Do you agree with me? Do you I, do, I get what you're saying. Yeah, don't don't like overhype him. Um, I think the fact that, you know, because he is 19 and he, he definitely has been our best player this World Cup, I think that's where this... Because you just look at it like this bloke's going to be in the next two World Cups. Oh, you, I you mean, potentially think, even be three next World Cups. Yeah, you would, you would assume if he only continues to progress yeah um so yeah i I get what you're saying but i would say that he has easily been our best player mm-hmm. yeah no i i'm not definitely not uh not questioning that mm. um, brazil are changing their goalkeeper so you wouldn't catch gareth southgate doing this would no. you no 4-1 up in a knockout game i thought it said they'd swapped him for neymar then <laughs> <laughs> that really would be taking the piss <laughs> put neymar in goal it's not even edison either it's their third choice goalkeeper Penny for Edison's thoughts. So, but anyway, I just I just wanted to um to sort of point that out. But I just think that we need to be very careful um, in this country. I mean, a lot of what England fans say on social media is very tongue in cheek. You know, the whole all the other fans around the world all get so annoyed when England fans say it's coming home, but they don't seem to understand that most England fans don't actually believe it no, is. It's no. all just part of the banner and part of the meme. But I think fans get so annoyed with hearing it that they almost believe that we think it's true when, mm. we, when we really don't. But um. So yeah, um, right. Looking forward then to the the France game. Um, before we sort of go for a, a quick break, how do you feel England would would set up? Do you feel like he was going to go exactly the same again, or do you think like he is going to make changes? I hope he I hope he doesn't change formation. Um, I like I said, I think going to a back five would almost be going into the game one nil down because you're going into it with your tails between your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope we go with the... I, I imagine he'll probably play the exact same team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we do manage to get past France, he'll then do the exact same thing and play the exact same team. Um, I mean, we've seen that he's not really very experimental and he, he does have his favourites. And those are the likes of Walker and Jordan Henderson and uh, Sterling. It's amazing how Henderson has all of a sudden come back, you know, at the start of this World Cup, when he started Bellingham and Rice and they played really well, we, we looked at that and thought, Henderson's not getting anywhere. Mm. Seen Henderson's England career is you know, coming to an end. And now all of a sudden he's weaseled his way back in, played well in fairness to him yeah, um, when he, you know, in that last yeah. game, scored a goal as well, which is very unlike. <laughs> unlike there was, there was a bit of an uproar about him going to the Euros because he didn't really deserve to go. Um, and that was where that Roy Keane sort of said, is he good, you know, is he... Oh, is do he, does he, he do the, the quiz? Yeah, <laughs> does he do the quiz in the changing rooms? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he's just a very... Like, I don't mind him being in the team. He's just very uninspiring, isn't he? He's not inspiring for us, but there's there's an awful lot of talk about his effect on the rest of the team and the morale mm. that he brings. And I'm like, I'm all for that because yeah. you could argue that's probably why Connor Cody's there because yeah. by all accounts, he's very good in the dressing room yeah. too. But there's an awful lot of senior players there now mm. that you shouldn't need to bring in someone like Jordan Henderson to get the best out of everyone in that team unless he is that sort of like Captain yeah. America level motivation for the rest of the team, but only when he's on the pitch. Um, you know, he could still be that influence in the dressing room. Um, so, but yeah, as I say, he played well. I don't have any massive qualms with him starting in the next game based on how well things were. But, you know, 
I think he would be the first to, to be swapped out if things weren't going to plan, I would suspect. Yeah. Yeah, but then Calvin Phillips comes. I mean, I, I, I do rate Calvin Phillips. He was good at the Euros, but I think the fact that he's played 30 minutes all season just kind of annoys me a bit. Yeah, and I, I think <coughs> a lot of other England fans are in the same boat, especially when we go back to that point about Madison. Mm, um, yeah. you know, he's fit he's firing he's confident yeah. and he doesn't get a minute but anyway um, just very very quickly um, Gareth Southgate now going in with our, you know England's form as we know was was absolutely horrific going into the uh, uh, into this World Cup we've had some really poor results the Nations League went very very badly Southgate was coming under an awful lot of criticism an awful lot of pressure you know England fans were booing all this kind of stuff with how the World Cup's gone so far what do you feel is likely to happen in regards to Southgate's future after this World Cup? It's difficult, really, because, I mean, obviously he's done everything that's been asked of him. We topped our group. We've got through to the quarterfinals now. Um, I mean, if we get knocked out by France... Is this, is this almost a free pass? Yeah, because it's, the problem is we're going to play very negative football. Um, so a lot of people will be pissed off by like I said earlier it's fine when we're winning but if we lose playing this negative football yeah. that's when everyone's like what the fuck was that um, so that could be the only thing because it's not It's not obviously when we lost to Iceland it wasn't Southgate but that's one where everyone's like what the hell is that mm-hmm. um, and then Hodgson goes whereas losing to France you're a bit like well you they're, know, they're all the world they'll probably go on to get into the final against potentially Brazil and will or won't win it yeah so i don't but then i I think about it because like since he's been in charge he's got us to a euro semi and uh, sorry the world cup semi and a euro final yeah you can't really ask much more than that other than winning them um and in my i think in my head i'm thinking who else is there because i'd love to have another english manager i think it's so much better when countries use managers from their own country um but I sort of think, well, who is there? Like Sean Dyche? I don't. I <laughs> God I, no. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't really want so, you know, like a uh, second string manager. Really, um, the only ones that I would have been happy with are Eddie Howe and Graham Potter, and neither of them are going to be England no. manager anytime soon. I think potentially in the future they <coughs> will be, uh, but right now, um, I, I, yeah, I just don't see it at all. No. Um, I mean, Pochettino was was talking about it. Yeah, he was, you know, sort of it's. I forget exactly what he said, but he certainly didn't play down that he didn't, you know, didn't say I don't want the job. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'd be happy with him. He speaks decent English. He's managed in England. Yeah, and he's got a relationship with a number of those yeah. England players already. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say no to that. And he'd probably play a lot more interesting football. Um, I think. I think if we get knocked out by France, maybe let's mix it up and try something different. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be interesting because I genuinely felt like if we had a bad World Cup, I thought Southgate was done. Yeah, I think that was probably you know unanimous in everyone believing that. I think he's done. <coughs> I think he's done enough with this tournament so far, bringing by the number of goals we've scored. You know, yes, it hasn't been amazing from start to finish in every game, but we've had large parts of each game where we've been we've been dominant. Um, I think he has earned a free pass at France. I think if he, unless we get absolutely embarrassed by mm. France. I think that there's now, for me anyway, I think there's little chance of, of him being sacked by the FA. Yeah. If we're going to get a new manager, I think Southgate's got to walk away now himself. Mm. Um, well, on the flip side, if we beat France, do you think he's still... 
<laughs> it's, it's again. It's that. It's it's, it's the, whichever way you come out, come from it. Mm. At, because if he plays in a negative way against France and scrapes a one nil when we've been really second best all game. It, how do you look at it? You think, oh yes, well done, we've beaten France and got through the semi-final. And yes, it's a tournament. You've got to do what you've got to do. But on the one hand, we've still played with an inferiority complex yeah. and played in, in a negative fashion. So this is why Southgate and <coughs> England as a whole are just an enigma. Yeah. Because yeah. you can literally, you can have valid arguments and valid points for both sides of the equation. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I suspect that, as I say, unless something really badly, really bad happens on Sunday against France or Saturday, sorry, um, I think we're likely to see Southgate stay on. Um, and I mean, the, the, you know, they must be. I know France are world class, but they must be slightly scared of us, like we are of them. Because you look at our squad, they must be looking at certain players in our squad like they could really harm us. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one or two of those French players would have, you know, seen the likes of Phil Foden up close mm. and personal in the Champions League and you know, know everything about Harry Kane. So, Harry <laughs> yeah, they'll be, they'll be scared of him because they won't know what he's going to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I genuinely do think that. I don't, I don't think that teams will look at us and go, no, we're not bothered about them because we know how they're going to play. Mm. They, they might look at that and think, right, we can make a game plan because we know roughly how they're going to set up. But at the same time, we've scored 13 goals in this tournament. And, you know, we've, scored very good quality goals mm. as well so they're definitely that is funny I'm saying that we're so negative and yet we've scored maybe more goals than any other team and also yeah we're, we're kind including of including a nil-nil draw in one of those exactly we're, we're kind of, um, sort of <coughs> being hypocrites ourselves here aren't we and going full yeah. circle here but um, when you when you when you analyse things go a bit deeper we had on paper the hardest group from a, from a ranking point yeah, of view. yeah now FIFA rankings are worth their you know, yeah. not worth their weight at I all. Mean, Belgium they? a second, so yeah, exactly that. So um, yeah, I, I think I think we've got a chance. I think France will be a little bit wary of us. Um, the key will obviously be keeping Mbappe quiet. If we can do that and restrict him as much as we can, then I think that you know Dembele on the other side. I think his end product is absolutely woeful. Yeah, um, Giroud. I would like to think that we've got enough in our banks to deal with Giroud. He's not quick, no. so we shouldn't have to worry about him being behind. It's just that he is a very clever striker. Yeah, he is. Um, so they've got to be switched on to his movement. Um, midfield, I don't think they're amazing. Certainly, no better than us. Mm. And defensively, I think we can we can we can cause, cause them problems. problems. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, Griezmann's in that team as well. I don't. He doesn't. He plays a very odd role for them. He's, a, he's yeah, like he a plays cam, cam. He? He's yeah. just everywhere. Yeah. So right. Anyway, um, we are going to head to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other teams in this World Cup and also the destruction of the Belgium team. See you in a minute. Hey everybody and welcome back to the show. So we are going to uh, first of all talk about some of the other uh, teams in the tournament before we talk about uh, the, destru the destruction, the internal destruction that is going on within the Belgium team at the moment. Um, so yeah, we'll start with the team that is currently playing right now in Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, now obviously they are the other side, They've, the game has literally just finished actually, it's finished 4-1 to Brazil. Um, do you think they're probably favourites right now? Yeah. They're, well, they're bookmakers' favourites. Um, yeah, I've watched. I've pretty, I think I've watched all of their games, and they do look decent. To be fair, they do have a lot of depth. Um, I still think 
I mean, I know I said earlier in the show that I didn't think there was any one team that's really gone, oh my God, they're amazing, they're going to win it. Brazil are probably the closest. Yeah, I think France have been good as well. I've watched both France and Brazil pretty much all their games. Um, And the only times the two teams have lost is when they put out their second string teams in the last games of the group stage. But Yeah, (laughs) I I think with with Brazil, the problem is, is that they've just got the ability to hurt you in so many different ways. Um, they've got so much class, they've got so much talent. I mean, the goals they scored today, I mean, South Korea may as well have put the ball in the net for them on one or two occasions. Mm. Um, but they just have so much class. They've got so many players who can just open you up at a moment's notice. And I really think that... I'm actually... I mean, as much as we were n- not wanting... I've just seen uh, Neymar walking out with a, with a Pele... Uh, in his sliders. In his sliders, yeah. He's got a Pele... What do you call it? Banner. Banner. Obviously supporting Pele, who's reportedly quite sick at the moment in uh, in hospital. Um, I can't remember what I was going to what I was saying now. Um, I lost my train of thought. About them being pretty good team. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched. Um, I'm trying to think which game it was that I watched. I think it might be the first one where Richardson scored that scissor uh-huh. kick. And I saw that game, and I was like, do you know what, Brazil, they do look good, but I do think they also. They sort of looked like I mean South Korea from what I, what we could tell here had a pretty good go in the second half and obviously the game was was done mm. by that point so Brazil probably did take their foot off the gas but I do think again a little bit like France they do have especially centre midfield I think you can if you can get hold of the ball and, and press a little bit I think you can hurt them I think they've got a better midfield than uh, France though I mean they've they've got that Keta um, they've got Fred I know we <laughs> laugh about Fred but for Brazil he is actually yeah that's because he's got a Pacatar yeah. Casemiro around um, him Casemiro is obviously another one he's solid in midfield um, and then uh, you look at their attackers they've got likes of Richarlison Neymar um, Vinicius Jr Rafinha, Rafinha Martinelli Anthony they've lost, they've lost uh, Jesus haven't yeah they? He's Jesus got, he's is gone injured and then goalkeeper I mean Edison's on the bench <laughs> Yeah, their depth is their depth is is pretty good. Um, I mean, the one thing that you know, I saw probably the first thirty five minutes of this game before we started recording mm. tonight, and they Brazil scored all four of their goals in that thirty five yeah. minute spell. And as I say, yes, South Korea were very very poor, but the At least way South Korea can say they won the second half. This is very true. They did win the second half one nil. From what I saw, it very much looked like. I mean, you look at the way they celebrate. That is a team that is very much together. I mean, I'm not yeah, entirely really sure. This, me though. The celebration was a bit annoying. Yeah, it was, it a was bit stupid. Went very over the top. I mean, they celebrated and then they went off and done another little dance, little ring a ring of roses. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure what that was all about. And then the second one when Richarlison scored, they celebrated and then he went over to the coach and the subs and then they done a little dance over there. Yeah. And I was like, get a grip, <laughs> grow up, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> I can understand if it was like the final. Yeah, you're, you're playing r- South Korea. Yeah, round of sixteen against South Korea. I don't think dancing is not. I don't mind if you know if they do a dance straight after scoring, but they'd already done like a little dance, and then they went over to the side and done another little. Maybe dance. yeah. I wonder if maybe <coughs> they prepared the first celebration for the goal and then banked on VAR having a say, and then they thought we'll save the second celebration for when VAR confirmed <laughs> yeah, that it's maybe. a goal, and they thought, oh, VAR's not involved. So we'll, just do, we'll just do both of them. But uh, no, I, I do think Brazil, yeah, Brazil and France, all jokes aside and all comments aside, I, I, they are probably the two, on paper anyway, strongest sides left in the in the in the competition. And frankly, if those two do end up in the final, that is going to be one hell of a it game. It'll be a great final, yeah. Um, Hopefully, but, it'll be England, Brazil. Well, yes, absolutely. Um, and then obviously, there are still two 
uh, two games in the last 16 yet to play, um, which will be tomorrow at, yeah. at time of recording, which is Portugal against Morocco and Spain against, against, against. Oh, God, who are they playing? Is it Switzerland? Yes. Yeah. Or is it Portugal, Switzerland? I can't remember which way around. Yeah, I think it's Portugal, Switzerland. Portugal, Switzerland, yeah. Spain, Morocco. Um, yeah, because Spain came second, didn't they? Morocco <coughs> on top of the group. That's correct, yes. So, yeah, I, th- I think, as we said, the this, this, this stacked nature of the quarterfinal. That's very unlucky, by the way. Topping your group and getting Spain. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I mean, Portugal... How do you rate them their World Cup so far? Because they just... No one's talking about them at all. No, I think it's all Ronaldo, isn't it? Um, especially after that goal slash not goal. Um, <laughs> th- I don't think they'll go that far. I've, I think they'll beat um, Switzerland. Is it? Yeah, I think they'll beat Switzerland because I've not been in that impressed with Switzerland this World Cup either. I think they were lucky to scrape through the group. Um, I think I've from what I've seen from Spain, other than the Japan game. They've looked very decent. So I think Spain will make quick work of Portugal. You think? I think so, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, Portugal on paper have got some very talented players. Mm. You know, you look at their back line. I say Font's not there anymore. No, Fontaine. Is Pepe still there? Yeah. yeah he's loving, loving yeah. life, isn't he? Um, <coughs> I mean, Ruben Diaz, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Ronaldo, Joao Felix, Fernando yeah. Leal. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a very individually talented team. Can mm. they get it together? I, I think that Portugal-Spain game will be a lot closer than you think. It is obviously a big rivalry as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, was it the last World Cup where, was it 3 all where Ronaldo got a hat-trick and scored that free kick? I'm sure it was. I think I it was. I why I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the last World Cup. It was 3 all. Um So, yeah, I, I, I who do I think is going to win out of that one, though? That's the key. From what I've seen from Spain, here's the interesting thing, right? From what I've seen from Spain, they they look obviously the first take the first game and put it to one side, the Costa Rica game, because that's an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, in in some ways, the same as England Iran. Yeah. I haven't been that impressed with Spain as an attacking force. Yeah. Um, Morata gives them a dimension that they they desperately look like they need when he's not on the pitch. But the problem is Morata is that he in himself <coughs> is very inconsistent. Um, and I just wonder whether that might catch them out, that they really don't seem to have that proper out-and-out goal scorer up front. Yeah, see, I, I find that similar to, like, Belgium with having to play Batshuayi. Yeah, or um, Lukaku, based on the evidence yeah, of that last game. Yeah, it's weird because Spain have always had, like, a, a Fernando Torres or a David Villa. Um, it's weird that they haven't got, like, a striker. No, I mean... Uh, I'm trying to think. I know Morata is a striker, but I wouldn't say he was Spain national team quality. Well, no, he's had a lot of big moves in his time, hasn't he? Yeah. He's one of the highest. I don't even know where he is now. Is he back at Atletico? He's at Juventus, isn't he? Yeah, see, I don't even know. Anyone knows where Morata is? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I can't think of any sort of even younger strikers um, who potentially could look to lead the line. I mean, Inaki Williams... Yeah, I, I really is, rated him, but is he's Spanish, isn't he? But yeah, he's, he's but now he's playing, playing for, for Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. Uh, is he a striker or is he a winner? Yeah, no, he's a striker. He's a striker. Yeah. So he, that was one potential option. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, I genuinely think I don't think that's going to be an easy game. I think that's going to be a really tight game. I, I don't see either one team or the other running away from with that. It depends how Portugal play it because the, the problem that Portugal have had so far is that it's still all about Ronaldo, and as we said before, the quicker Ronaldo retires international football 
I think is I think it's going to benefit Portugal. Now, it sounds crap to say because of the the career that that man has had mm. and the records that he's broken and the consistency that he's had. But there does come a point where you have to accept that the team is moving beyond off without you. your abilities. Yeah, and they're better off without you. And I think Ronaldo was quoted as saying that if if Portugal would win the World Cup and I didn't play a minute, I'd bite your hand off. Well, would you though? I'm not so sure you would, Cristiano. But, I mean, even when he comes off, he, he kind of turns into the manager, doesn't he? Yeah. Because you see him barking orders on the touchline and... I don't know who their manager is, but he probably just goes, go have a seat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got this, don't I've worry about it. From here. I mean, remember the, <coughs> the Euros where they won the Euros when uh, you he know, went off injured. He went they? off injured yeah. and he was barking all those orders mm. out as um, so, so who So who would you rather play, say we get past France? Obviously, we'll have either Spain or Portugal. You'd probably rather have Spain, would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really tough question. It really is. Um, I think. I think I would rather have Spain. Um, I think if they, if Spain played Morata against us, I think Morata could hurt us because of the pace in behind, and we don't generally do very well with mm. that. Um, England, but I think that we, I think that Spain collectively have, apart from players like Pedri and Gavi, I think collectively Spain have got a, on paper anyway, a weaker team than Portugal do in terms of a group of players. But the trouble is, is that Spain I think players are better as a unit yeah. than Portugal do. Um, so. I think I probably would rather play Spain. I think Portugal have just got that, you know, they got those players in their in their team that can just yeah produce a moment of magic from, yeah. from nothing. Um, so, but it's tight. I'll say I think both of them are going to be tough. Game. Every team, every game is going to be tough from this point forward. Yeah, you know, there's but, no easy teams left. Well, um, easy is a bit of a harsh word, but there's no inferior teams. Yeah, left and, it, and it's knockout football. Anything can happen. Mm. Um, I think we saw. In that Croatia game earlier, I think Croatia are probably the weakest side left in the tournament. I would say they're the weakest side, yeah. Um, Other I, than the sort of likes of Morocco. Yeah, I, w- I was genuinely gutted. <coughs> we'll talk about that game now briefly. Is that one of the worst penalty shoots actually you've ever seen? Yeah, it probably is the worst penalty <laughs> shoot I've ever seen. I mean, the fact that the the worst penalty of that game was the Croatia guy that missed. Yeah. That guy, he should be like buying Christmas presents for the rest of his team for the guys who scored because that was. I mean, I'm thinking back to like Simone Zaza. Do you remember his penalty? Yeah, where he took like 20 steps. 20, yeah, him. like all Pogba's, Pogba's run-up style. I think that one, that Croatia penalty was genuinely worse. But it is interesting how I've seen almost every single, like Neymar done it um, in this game. Uh, Lewandowski done it the other day. And it, it does like, I mean, they were talking about it after the game as well. I don't know if you watched Yeah, that. I saw bits of it. Yeah. Um, they're saying that instead of just stepping up and sort of picking a corner and smashing it, they are like slowing down before the ball and waiting for the goalkeeper to and to be fair with Neymar's penalty the goalkeeper did start going to his right and then Neymar passed it into his left yeah <coughs> I've said this before and I'm going to say it again I think when you when you've got a free hit from 12 yards out mm. you hold all of the advantages you hold all of the cards to your chest do not give the goalkeeper any extra advantage by trying mm. to you know, overcomplicate it and outsmart it, it because as they said, if you get it wrong, you look like an absolute yeah, tit. Yeah. And I think players or and, and fans and coaches would much rather you actually really hit a penalty with conviction yeah. and missed than miss a penalty yeah. in that in that manner. Because the problem is if, if the goalkeeper, as you get closer and closer, your time window's going yes. down and down and down. And if the goalkeeper doesn't give you any hints as to which way he's going, 
you've then got zero run up yep. to try and that's why all these P rollers are just going straight into the goalkeeper's hands. Yeah, because be, the goalie can at that point wait. Yeah. Because he knows he's gonna have the ability to spring yeah. and get down to save the yeah. shot regardless of which way he goes. Whereas if you just run up and pick a corner and smash it, I mean, even if the goalkeeper does guess right, I've seen quite a few just go straight through the keeper's hands. Yeah. Because they hit with that much venom. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I think <coughs> I mean, Japan's penalties, you know, they were... Minamino's one was, was dreadful. Mm. Um, the next two... I mean, they were more in the corner. They're probably one of those ones where if the keeper goes the other way, we'll probably say good penalty because yeah. they, were, they weren't straight at the goalkeeper. It's just that they were tamely hit. They didn't really connect with them properly and it made them look worse as a result when the keeper makes the save. So, but I think Japan... I mean, Japan it's, just, it's a shame they didn't go through because I, I loved it. I thought they played really well in that game. Yeah. Um... Croatia, I think, are very, What did you very think for the Croatia goal? In what, in what sense? Just, I feel like they were saying it was a really good goal, but part of me was like, I don't think someone should be scoring a header from, I can't remember if it was just outside or just inside the box. It, I think it was just inside. Um, are you, so are you saying that the goalkeeper should do yeah, better? Yeah, for me, I just, obviously with a shot, there's a lot of power. I know it was a decent amount of power in the header, but for me... To see a header for it to travel 18 yards and the goalkeeper not get there, I'm just a bit like, I feel like you should be getting a header from there. Maybe I'm being harsh. But. Um, yeah, I think the trouble is, is that if you look at the some of the angles behind, the ball actually starts outside the post and curls back in again. Mm. Um, and he has hit it. He's used, there's a lot of, uh, <coughs> there's a lot of pace on the cross from Lovren, um, best player in the world. And <laughs> Perisic's header is, is a banger. And I think that, I think, I mean, I'd have to look back at it again, but if the goalkeeper's not quite set, there's a very narrow window to be able to then spring back because he probably would have been going across his goal Mm. to then come back again. So, yeah, I I think maybe you're being a little harsh on the goalie on that one. Um, But talking of being harsh on goalies, we we talked about this earlier. Let's talk about the France-Poland game from Saturday, I think it was, or or Sunday. It was the early game on Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Poland, I thought, were actually played quite well, um, couldn't get the goal when they needed it, um, when they were on top, and then they got sucker punched by a good Giroud goal. Um, I want to talk about Mbappe's two goals. Now, the first one, the second one, sorry, I think we're all happy enough to say that's just an outstanding goal. Goalkeeper does get a hand to it, though. Mm. Could he Could he have done more with that? Yeah, and Chesney's quite a tall goalkeeper, I think, as well. I think he's like six foot six or mm. something. I mean, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because sometimes you see those types of goals where the, the goalkeeper's a little bit, you know, his sight is is blocked a little bit. That means he doesn't see it till late. But when you get a hand to the ball and it kind of just goes through your hands mm. and doesn't really divert the ball anywhere, it feels to me like, well, if you've done that part, just have a stronger hand. So I don't know, you know, was the shot that powerful that it, you know, just goes straight through his hand? Yeah. I don't know. But the first goal for me was the one. The thing with the first one is he, I think he's completely <laughs> done him with the eyes, as they say, because... Even I thought that he was going to put it in the sort of far corner. Yeah. Um, the way he's like opened up his body and somehow he's managed to wrap his foot around it and put it in the, the sort of nearest corner. Yeah. And I think Chesney was maybe on his, you know, expecting it to go far corner, getting himself ready, and then has to quickly change direction. I think that's why it's caught him out. Yeah, because he sort of like dives underneath it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, look, <clears throat> Mbappe is arguably going to be one you know, he's going to be in the shout for player of the tournament mm. um, I think he's top scorer in the tournament yeah. and Golden Boot I think he's got five, five goals wins, in this tournament yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's all very well saying that Giroud has got the record now for French international goals at 52. Um, an amazing achievement for, for a player that for the most most of his career has always been considered second rate. I think yeah, that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah. And for him to be now France's international all-time international goal scorer. I doubt he's going to have that record for very long with Mbappe around. But I think Benzema said that he was a Ferrari and Giroud was a go-kart at one point. <laughs> well, I mean, if Benzema hadn't had a massive falling out with the French team all them mm. years ago, then Benzema would probably have that record. But um, I don't think either of them would ever keep it that long with Mbappe. And the... Nah, I think Mbappe will take the reins eventually. Yes, quite quickly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Mbappe will be in that running for that golden boot for that golden player. I think the thing that for me, when when I watch Mbappe play, because there's been an awful lot written about him this season with the stuff going on at PSG, with the mm, contract situation, yeah. with the supposed unhappiness. Um, to me, he he looks like he's been let off the leash a little bit with France. You know, he is quite a greedy player. He does often look for the the exciting moment, the killer pass, mm. the, the shot or the flick. But you can afford to have a player in your team that will do that, yeah. especially when they've got the sort of talent that Mbappe does. Yeah. So I, I, one player never makes a team, right? But we've seen Messi for Barcelona, we've seen yeah. Ronaldo for Real Madrid and United. And well, even else. Messi for Argentina. Messi for Argentina, yeah. Mbappe is that player for France. You know, Mbappe could very well carry France to the World Cup this mm. year. Um, he was amazing at the last World Cup. I remember that goal he scored against Argentina where he just burnt someone for yeah, pace and yeah. then got clattered. So I think from an England perspective, Mbappe is is just such a threat. And mm. I worry that we're not equipped like so many other teams to, to effectively. Yeah. I mean, that's what worries are like, because everyone's been saying that Carl Walker is going to be brought in to deal with. They're saying that because of Man City against PSG and because mm. Walker played so well against Mbappe in that game. But this is a very different Yeah, and situation. City have like Ruben Diaz and Laporte as centre-back, <laughs> John Stones and Harry Maguire. I mean, and left-back Luke Shaw. I mean, defensively, I'm worried. Um, I'm, I'm not... I think Luke Shaw is capable of matching Dembele. Because I, I, Dembele looks to me like as soon as he starts having a difficult game I think his game goes to shit a little bit yeah the problem with Luke Shaw is like for United he's so bad positionally <laughs> he loses his marker so easily yeah Um, and I'm just worried that you know a lapse of concentration and Dembele is so quick yeah he is rapid like his, his finishing might be poor but he's so quick and you know if you've got Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw on that side he could easily be burning up and down that wing I mean there was a, a moment early on in the England game actually against Senegal where um I don't know if there was a foul involved, but Harry Maguire literally <coughs> looked like he was towing the Titanic when he was trying to run. And he yeah. just about got the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was being... He was, oh, yeah, it was when they were through on goal. Yeah, he was yeah. saying that he was being pulled back a little bit, but, I mean, it just looked... For As soon as I saw that, I was imagining, like, Dembele yeah. or Mbappe and thinking, holy shit, that this is going to be embarrassing if he mm. gets in a foot race with one of them two. Um, I mean, honestly, at that point, you would just say, just fucking rugby tackle him, take a year like, oh, yeah. <laughs> just... It'd be interesting. I think Southgate will go so defensive because I think he'll be worried about that defence. Yeah. And I think he's got every right to be. Yeah, I mean, Mbappe, I we were talking yeah. about England players that might scare France. I mean, there aren't many others like Mbappe to get no. scared about from an England point of view. So, okay. Um, and then if we just turn our attention to the um, the other side, obviously, Argentina um, have not... You know, Probably one of the most underperforming teams, if you believe what you read in the papers in the group stages, you know, losing to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. They, I think they got a draw against 
Mexico, was it? And then won their last game. I can't remember which way around. Nah, uh, yeah. What? It was a loss, a draw, and a win, wasn't it, for them? That eventually got them through. I can't yeah, remember. did they beat or draw against Mexico? Who else was in their group? Poland. Maybe a draw Poland I think and beat drew Mexico. Poland and beat Mexico, yeah. Um, and and Messi is, you know, has dragged them through to a point. Um, how do you think that game against Netherlands is going to go? Because Netherlands looked, granted they're only playing Australia, but Netherlands looked okay in that game against Australia. This could be quite an interesting game. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were, I mean, uh, who were we talking about? Holland were good against USA, actually. I thought USA might put up a bit more of a fight. Sorry, USA, did. not Australia. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought USA put up more of a fight than they did against Holland. Um, that man, Denzel Dumfries, he's unreal for Holland. <laughs> he's so good, isn't yeah. he? He's just, a, he's just <coughs> a nitro boost on that wing, just mm. up and down, up and down. One, I mean, talking of USA, the one player I was quite impressed with in their team was that Dost, Dost, that's how you pronounce it, the right back. Oh, Dest. Dest, yeah, I see, yeah. yeah. Um, who's he? Is he AC Milan? Yeah, he was Barcelona. Um, and he's, yeah, he's at Milan he looks, now. He looks really, mm. really quite good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his situation is from a playing point of view. Is he a regular for Milan? Yeah, I think he literally went there this summer. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, if I'm, if I'm a Premier League team needing, in need of mm. a new right back, he would be uh, right at the United. front of the queue. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, saying that, Delo has been really good this yeah. year. But, um, yeah, Argentina. They're a strange one, so really. Good players I really think you were saying that Mbappe dragging France through. I really think Messi is dragging Argentina through because the Toro Martinez, I think, has had a poor tournament. Yeah. Um, every game I've watched of Argentina, he seems to just be stood offside all the time. Yeah, Di Maria's not done anything. Di Maria, really. no, I'd forget he was in the team, to be honest. That uh, Enzo Fernandez is fairly unknown, but he looks quite decent. I think he's just signed a contract with like Benfica or something. Right. Um, their midfield, central midfielder, Rodrigo de Paul, I don't rate no, particularly. Uh, they've got like McAllister from Brighton, I think, in there, haven't they? Yeah. And then defensively, I think they're quite sort of weak as well. I mean, I, for me personally, I don't think you can ever really <coughs> be seriously taken as World Cup contenders with Otamendi at centre-back. No. I'm um, surprised, like, with how well Martinez has done for United, I'm surprised he's not a starting I'm player. surprised he's not going Martinez or Romero. Yeah. Would be, that would be my choice personally. Yeah. Um, I know Watermendi is a very experienced player, but he's just he's like he's, he's like the Argentinian. Now, isn't yeah, he? he reminds me of like an Argentinian Pepe. Mm. He's just always got a rash moment in him. Yeah. Um, well, who they got? They got um Martinez again in goal, haven't they? Must yes, Emi Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> it must be. So yeah, I think uh that 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 Argentina Netherlands game, I think is gonna be quite tasty, actually. Yeah, I couldn't call that to be honest. I think it'll be a bit of messy magic if they if Argentina go through. Yeah, do you know what I think? If either <coughs> whichever team goes through, I think it's <laughs> it's the could you say it's the equivalent of England getting to the semi-finals of the last World Cup that they've had a bit of an easy ride to get there? Yeah, because neither of those two teams have done really anything to to make anyone stand up and take notice, and yet mm. one of those two teams is going to be in the semi-final of a World Cup. I mean, part of me wants Argentina to go through just so they have that clash with Brazil yeah, in the me following too. year. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Brazil are going to beat Croatia. If Brazil don't beat Croatia, I'll be stunned. Yeah, because I really don't rate Croatia. Even in their group games, I thought they were pretty crap. No, they've got, they got an ageing team. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we're going to talk in a minute about the, you know, the players that we're saying goodbye to in this mm. World Cup because there's a lot of them. Um, and Croatia, one of those teams where they've got a number of players that are playing in their last tournament. 
and it's showing a little bit in the same way it did with Belgium. Croatia managed to drag themselves through, but Belgium obviously didn't. Mm. And we'll talk about them in a minute as well. So yeah, I expect Brazil to get through and you're right. Brazil against Argentina is on paper a much more interesting clash than Brazil Netherlands. Mm. So let's let's all pray that, that 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 happens. And you know, the Romantics want to see Messi lift the World Cup in his last tournament. I can't see it personally. I, I re- I'd be amazed if they got past both Brazil and France. Yeah, or England. Sorry, England. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk now about some of the teams that obviously haven't uh, made it out of the group stages. Now, since we last recorded and did our live stream on on on, on Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. where the when the England game was on. Um, lots of a lot of things have happened. Uh, we've lost a couple of big hitters, uh, particularly we've lost Germany and Belgium. Now we'll talk yeah. about we'll talk Germany first because there's probably less to talk about with them than there is Belgium. Um, Germany aside, going through a tough spot, a transitional phase. Um, but make no mistake, not getting out of the group is a is a huge underachievement for this German side. Two World Cups in a row. Yes, it's. There was I, saw, I can't remember who it was who said it, but there was something basically saying that this Germany team has has now lost its ability to compete at a major World Cup tournament, a major mm. tournament, because so much, so much of, of tournament football is based on experience and knowing how to get through groups and knowing how to get into the knockout stages. And as you say, if you've got a team now that's, I mean, they knocked out by England in the Euros and they really weren't that good that day. England were very good, don't get me wrong, but England, Germany were poor and they were poor in the groups before mm. that. As you say, last two World Cups in a row now, they've they've not made it out of the groups. Three international tournaments in a row where they've not really done anything is for for a, an international seat side with the pedigree of Germany, that is really, the, really worrying. I mean, I think they won it in like 2010, didn't they? Um didn't they not win the 20, 2014? Because it was them that smashed Brazil. Oh, 2010, yes, you're right. The Brazilian yeah. one, yes. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean that was peak. Peak Germany at that mm. point, wasn't it? With you know Özil and I think Kroos yeah. were still playing at that yeah. point. Müller and Schweinsteiger, you know they yeah. had a really really top team. Kadira, <clears throat> but um, the one thing that really struck me with with the German side outside of Musiala, um, I, I can't think of one player in that Germany team. I looked at and thought, you know what, you played really well in this tournament. You had a yeah, you know, you, you're, a, you're a top talent sort of thing. I mean, the likes of having like Haberts up front. Is a bit strict because I don't think he's been that great for Chelsea. I mean, did he really? Did he even play in this World Cup? If he did, he didn't play yeah, he much. Got, he got man of the match in their last. Oh, I've not seen he? that picture of him. No, I must. I must. It literally looks like a mugshot. He's just stood there because obviously they just got knocked out there to sort of wait for the other game to finish. Because I think Japan obviously beat Spain, yeah. knocking out Germany. Spain needed a goal, and he's got the straightest <laughs> face ever, just holding this like trophy while having his picture taken. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because defensively again. I mean, Rudiger, you know, he's not getting any younger. Um, you know, I mean, like, you know, Manuel Neuer's like, he must be like nearly 40 now. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on those players who, who aren't going to be around, but there are, as I say, there's a number in that team. How old is Rudiger? Am I right in saying that he's like late 20s? Yeah, I think I would say he's like 28. Yeah, so he's going to be 32. Prime. In his prime. In his prime, yeah. Uh, Neuer will undoubtedly move on. Thomas Muller will be another one that will mm. disappear after this World Cup, no doubt. Um, yeah, this is a really interesting moment for for Germany um, because they've now they've got to find themselves. They've got to find a a system that works. They've it's got to find a group of players that can compete. Like Dortmund and Bayern have been so good at churning out new German talent every single year. Like, it's just weird that a team like Germany would get to that point where they're bang average. Yeah, and, and that that is probably the best way to describe them. Mm. They are just so average. 
you know, they looked in every one of their group games, they looked really poor. Mm. I mean, the Spain game was an interesting, intense game, but despite what Gary Neville says about how much of an amazing game it was, and it was his best game of the World Cup so far, I, re- I really thought it wasn't. No. Um, and I actually thought that the quality of the Germany display was really, really poor. And Musiala looked like the only one who might make something happen for mm. them. I mean, the striker, um, I can't remember what his name is, begins with F, he came off the bench and scored a couple of goals. Yeah. It, you know, he looked okay. But you know, this is Germany. They they should not be getting knocked out and playing so badly. Even if, mm. even with a younger crop of players, less experienced crop of players, you know, an an international side, as I say, with the pedigree of Germany, should be able to start keep you know keep producing the talent. With with the the structure of German football, the way that it is, it is structured and geared towards allowing younger German talent to develop in their leagues because of the the way their clubs are run. They don't really tend to import huge amounts of talent yeah. from abroad. You know, outside of Bayern Munich, who might bring in the odd big name player, but you know they've still got players like Leroy Sane, so <coughs> so Gnabry. Gnabry. Yeah. Um, and I just yeah, I, I was so disappointed with Germany. But I mean, well, you yeah. look at the no disrespect to the teams that were in their group, but obviously they had Spain, which is a difficult game. But and then Japan and Costa Rica. I mean, to not get out of that group, yeah, even as runners up. I mean, I'm glad you know the likes of Japan did manage to. I mean, even top the group. No one ever saw that coming. I would. I mean, thought. there was one moment where both Japan and Costa Rica were yeah, both going through. Yeah, yeah. That was a really topsy turvy evening. That yeah. was, um, and, and the, all the different. Which is great because it made it so much more exciting, and it's quite fun when the the other team. Obviously, I think Germany finished their game, and then we're just staring at their phones <laughs> yeah. waiting for the uh, the Spain game to finish. Um, so that's great, and and it's nice that the likes of like Morocco have managed to go through, and um, <coughs> and those sort of teams. Um, but yeah, it's just a team like Germany you would think should be beating Costa Rica and Japan. Yeah. So, and 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 I guess if we move on then and talk about probably the biggest flops of the World Cup, I think it's fair to say. Would you say that's true in in Belgium? Uh, try to have a quick think. Yeah, I would. I mean, there were no other big hitters that went out in the group stages other than Belgium and Germany from right. from memory. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm just more thinking about the sort of maybe this is maybe I'm saying well, this because of the 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 hype that's the been hype around that's Belgium been around, over the yeah. last because I think 10 years. part of me would have said potentially Wales, and that's not me having a dig. I just think Wales are a lot better than what they played in this tournament. Yeah. Like, they properly went out with a whimper. Um. Yeah, in terms of like sort of a, a big a team you would expect to do quite well, yeah, Belgium never turned up. No. Um, now, I just want to <coughs> take a moment to talk about um, potential players who may not be at the next World Cup um, or probably won't be at the next World Cup. Now, from an England perspective, there's a few in there. There's a, you know, Kyle Walker probably won't be there. He's 30, he'll be 36. Jordan Henderson, the same. Well, I'm um, Southgate, they'd probably still bring him. <laughs> Callum Wilson will be 34. Um, Cody will be 33. So there's, there's a number of players there that will probably be beyond mm. that squad. But there will also be another, a number of players who will be in their early 30s that you would probably still expect to be there. I mean, Luke Shaw will be 31. Um, Jordan Pickford will be 32. Harry Maguire will be 33. So what's happening How to... How has Conor Gallagher got more caps than Madison? <laughs> the, in- the interesting thing from an England perspective with this, is that what's happening to Belgium right now could very well happen to England at the next World Cup if mm. we don't blood and bring through more younger talent into that first-team picture. Um, 
between now and the next World Cup. If we try and stick with this, we're gonna we might suffer the same problems that Belgium do. Yeah, the, the yeah. aging team. So they've got to be careful with that. But if we <coughs> go wider than that, obviously Messi, Ronaldo, Benzema obviously isn't at the World Cup because due to injury. Yeah. Neymar will be thirty four at the next World Cup. Uh-huh. Um, so he may not be around. Lewandowski, Luka Modric, Gareth Bale, Thomas Muller, Thiago Silva, Luis Suarez. And there's no Belgian players in there, but if you look at the Belgian players, you've got De Bruyne, yeah. um, who's the wrong side of 30. Mm. Is he 30 now or 29 now? Or? Yeah, I think he's 30. He's 30 now. Yeah. Lukaku's 30. Yeah. Alderweireld and Van Jan Vertonghen are about 50 now. Yeah, yeah. So they ain't playing. Um, yeah. Courtois is third. Oh, here we find he's a goalie. Yeah. But, um, Axel Witzel. Um, who's their right back? Munier. Munier, yeah. Um, Lukaku. Uh, uh, Bat Shui, I yeah, think he's 28, his, yeah, 29. Late 20s. Um, uh, Hazard. Yeah. Uh, another another big big player, although he's been awful yeah, for, yeah, for Belgium. Yeah. He's, he's Since he left Chelsea, he's disappeared. Yeah, absolutely just well. disappeared, yeah. yeah. So, what's, as we say, what's happened to Belgium? I mean, the, the, the rumours of discontent in the, mm. in the national team is actually really bad. Yeah. Supposedly, there were a small handful of players that refused to uh, get on the same plane and actually chartered their own jets home from the World Cup because they didn't want to be on the same plane as the rest of the team. It appears to be small fractures between small groups of players. Um, you know, there's like Batshuayi and one other player, there's De Bruyne and one other Courtois, you know, those those sorts of things where one player doesn't like one person and one player doesn't like another. Um, and it's it just sounds like a horrible place. Obviously, Martinez is already gone. Mm. Um, oh, he's gone. Yeah, he went half an hour after the game finished. Oh, um, so yeah, he's that. disappeared. Haven't heard whether Omri has gone as well. You would assume that part of his setup that did know, he leave or did he get sacked? Uh, that I don't know. It just came up on my phone that said that Martinez has left his role. But he didn't oh. say that he was. You know, did he jump or was he pushed? So yeah, I mean and. <laughs> Is there, is there enough talent coming through from Belgium to replace that golden generation? I don't think there is. No, I mean, you look at the sort of younger players they have on the bench. I mean, it was the likes of like Trossard, um, who's a good player on his day, but I mean, he's not like a, the next Hazard or no. anything like that, is he? Anana is okay. You know, he's doing quite well at mm. Everton. I'm not sure how what, what his ceiling is like. Yeah. Tielemans is mid-20s. Yeah. Doku is supposed to be quite a, a good young player. Um, it's, yeah, there's no one that really stands out as like a superstar. I wonder who they would go in defence as well. I mean, obviously they're, you know, three quarters of their entire back line is, is pretty much done at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think they had that bloke that's just gone to Leicester. That phase, is it? Wait, wait, phase or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 Afro bloke. Um, Belgium love an Afro player, don't they? Fellaini, Witzel. So yeah, I, I, I'm sad for Belgium. I mean, when you look back at the, the last probably I mean, two that, or three. That was, sorry, that was definitely a golden generation, you know, like the Euros yes. slash last World Cup. And I guess, you know, when you look back at that, um, you know, probably the last four major tournaments, you're probably talking the, the two world, last two World Cups, not including this one, and the last two Euros. Martinez, I think Martinez has been in charge for all of that. Yeah, um, yeah he's been there seven years, I think. Yeah, so do you think, when you look at that, will, will this be a, quite a catastrophic failure that they never managed to really... Because they, they never made a final. No, no. Um, the, the best they got was a semi-final, I think, in the last World us, Cup yeah. when they beat us. Um, sorry, when they... Um, uh, who did they... They lost to Croatia, didn't they? In the yeah, end. they beat us. Oh, sorry. No, who did they lose to? 
No, they beat Croatia in the third place playoff, didn't they? They must yeah, have lost to France lost, then. We lost Croatia. Was France, did France not win yeah, the Croatia, World Cup? France, yeah, yeah, yeah. Croatia, France. Yeah, so France beat Belgium. And then, you know, they beat us for the second time yeah, in the third, yeah. fourth place playoff. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that, Mar- you know, that Martinez, <clears throat> it's, it's weird because it's not really talked about, but when you've got that crop of players to not at least make a final, mm. I think has to be construed as quite a large failure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talk about England, the supposed golden generation of England, you know, 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, when Sven was in charge of like, the, the 06 World mm. Cup and stuff and how we failed. Um, I think you have to look at this Belgian team in exactly the same way because they do not have the pool of talent that's coming through. I and mean, frankly, the, the very fact that they were able to produce that many amazing players mm. is is astounding from a relatively... I don't want to say minnow nation, but in terms of club football, you probably yeah. have to put them in that category. Yeah. So to produce a, a team of individually amazing players like they have, you know, when, when is that going to happen again for Belgium? You know, that yeah. could be another couple of generations before. Maybe. Yeah, because I mean, even Vincent Company wasn't that long ago. No, exactly that. So I, th- yeah, I, I think that this wasn't a huge surprise. You know, we all talked about how, Old and aged. Even De Bruyne Belgium. talked about how old everyone was. <laughs> yeah, probably didn't help <laughs> when he was asked whether you think they'd win the World Cup, and he said, "Absolutely not. We're too old." Um, so, uh, with all the fractures in the team, would you be surprised if if De Bruyne even um, sort of you know even at the age of thirty, would De Bruyne just say, Do "You know what? I'm done. I've had it. You know, we've had a good run, but my time has come now. I'm not interested in playing international football anymore." Uh... I guess it depends what the next manager wants to do. I mean, you've got Luka Modric still playing at like 38, 37, whatever he is. Obviously, Ronaldo's still playing. So I could definitely see someone like De Bruyne still playing because um, he could do that role at 34, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it depends whether a new manager comes in, similar to what Southgate sort of done and said, I want to go down the younger route. Um, um, but you still need the odd senior player there. And I think De Bruyne has got to be one of those senior players that you would take with you. Yeah, you can't just have nothing but youngsters. Yeah, exactly. Can't win anything with kids. <laughs> um, so I, I think De Bruyne will definitely be at the next World Cup. Yeah. Uh, what about any of those other... Unless, emotions? obviously, he decides that he wants to not go. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, <coughs> quite frankly, I would say, as things stand right now, there's absolutely no guarantee that Belgium are even going to qualify. So, well, yeah, true. Um, although, with the 48 team variant now, there's more chance that they, uh, you know, they get the sort of get out of jail free card by the fact that there's more teams allowed to, to uh, qualify. Yeah, now. I need to like sort of do some research on that because I really don't like the idea of it if it's three teams. Oh, it is. Group. 100% oh, it, it is. is. Yeah, I looked it up, it is. I don't like that at all. <laughs> so what, two go through? Two go through and, be, and you get a last 32 and then last 16 before the quarterfinals. You get an extra knockout round. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Apparently it was done once in the 80s. Right. Um, I didn't read whether or not it was a success or not, but the... From reading, it seemed like it was only done once, so it couldn't right. have been that successful. But if it was like, <laughs> we all moaned about Blatter and and Co mm. and how corrupt they were and stuff. But generally speaking, up until this point, up until Qatar, there wasn't a huge amount no. to to come from a footballing point of view. Anyway, there wasn't a massive amount to complain about. You yeah. could, you know, complain enough about the stuff behind the scenes. But since Infantino has come in, um, it's. It just seems like they're changing things for the sake of changing them. It's just more money, um, isn't it? More countries involved, more money. And that's all it will be. I mean, you won't actually... <coughs> I think the number of group games actually doesn't change. I don't think. But there'll be like twice as many groups now. There'll be 16 groups yeah. of three teams. Now, 
the the one thing that it will rob is the fact that you'll probably get one great team, one good team, one crap team in mm. each group, which robs us of having a group like we had with Spain and Germany this year. Because mm. you almost always get one group where there's two big teams in it. So that's really disappointing that you don't get that. But also it's it's purely because the um because you've got more countries in there now, you're just gonna open it up to more audiences. Yeah. Um so yeah, we'll wait and see obviously I mean we don't we don't have a say in these things. We can't we can't instigate change because for, even if you campaign against this, FIFA would ignore you because that's where the money is. Well, yeah, they don't care about people like us, do they, really? They don't care about the average football fan. No. If they did, they wouldn't have awarded Qatar yeah. the World Cup in the first place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, let's round things up then. Um, just quickly then, the games tomorrow, um, Spain against Portugal. Um, who do you think has got the tougher one out of those two? Sorry, Spain against um, Spain and Portugal. I know they're not playing each other. Yeah. Um... <sighs> It was, give us a quick score prediction. For, uh, <coughs> I for think Morocco will be harder to play than Switzerland. Maybe. Okay. Give us a quick score prediction for those two games. Uh, so is it Switzerland, uh, Portugal, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Let me just uh, quickly confirm. Uh, Portugal, yeah. Switzerland, Morocco, Spain. So yes. I think Spain beat Morocco 2-1. Okay. And Portugal beat Switzerland 3-0. Yeah, I think I'd probably go along with that. Um I think I think Morocco Spain has the potential to go certainly to extra time. I don't know whether it will go all the way to penalties or not, but I think that is going to be a really tight game. I think Morocco have looked quite a good little unit. Mm. Um, obviously, the only African team left in the in the World Cup now as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Right? Okay. Uh, obviously, no quiz this week because uh, <coughs> Mr. Pete isn't with us. But we do end with this. Down the stack, man. So Croatia's Dominic Livakovic is the third goalkeeper to make three saves in a single World Cup penalty shootout after who? <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there just in case. It's not Pickford, is it? No. <laughs> I can't remember how, he, how many he saved against Colombia. <laughs> um, um, I'll give you the countries. Okay. Um... Oh, is it, hang on. So is there more than one? There's two. Okay. Actually, the third goalkeeper. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, go on. Uh, so one is Portugal's... I'm not saying it's necessarily their goalkeeper right now. Okay. Um, but one is from Portugal and one is from Croatia. So Portugal... Rui Patricio? Nope. Um, who else has been in goal for Portugal down the years? How, can you give me a rough time frame? Yeah, so I'll give you the game. So okay. it was Portugal versus England. Oh, I can see his face. Did he play in the Premier League? I don't know. It's 2006, Portugal versus England. I think I cried at this game. <laughs> um, oh, I can see his face. <coughs> was this the one where Ronaldo got Rooney sent off? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I can see his face. I just can't think of his name. No. Mine's... Ricardo. Ricardo, yeah. And the other one is Croatia v Denmark in 2018. 2018? Who was in the goalie then? Dubravka? No. Is he Croatian? I don't know if he's Croatian or not. Sounds about right. Um, Tim Krull? No. He's, no, he's Netherlands. That's, that's wrong. Africa's Serbian as well. Cool. Okay, I'll get the country right. I'll get the country right in a minute and I stand a chance. I'm fairly certain he played in the German league. 
You'll know his name. Oh, it's not. Um... Oh, does he play goal for Leverkusen? Uh, don't <laughs> think so. Okay. All right, I don't think I'm going to get this either. I've saved myself from any further embarrassment. I'll put it in a start name. Brazil S- goalkeeper. Subasic. Subasic, okay. Would you have got that? That wasn't no. the goalie I was thinking no. of, so... <laughs> I'm glad I didn't continue to embarrass <laughs> myself. I probably would have named right a French goalie or something next. <laughs> Brad Friedel. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said him, shouldn't I? Uh, right, excellent. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, given the when England's next game is um, so, on Saturday, we will stick to the Monday night yeah. podcast again. Um, and review hopefully England's triumphant yeah, win over France. Who we're having in the semis. Yeah, so I mean, looking at the the fixtures here, I'm just working out when <coughs> when all the games are going to be played in the quarterfinals. So actually, all the quarterfinals will be done. So we'll be able to talk about all the quarterfinals. Oh, okay. Um, which is quite. I, I find it interesting that Brazil, Croatia, Netherlands, and Argentina. So Brazil and Croatia played after us, but yet they're playing before us next. Yeah, it is weird how they do that. Um. But I suppose that Brazil and Croatia get the same amount of rest because they played on the same day, so it doesn't yeah, really matter, true. I suppose. Um, and then the semis are on the Tuesday. And the semis are on, yeah, Tuesday. If we do get through, it'll be a long old time until the next podcast. Yeah, well, depending on, maybe maybe we'll do a, a, a special podcast because by the time we do the following podcast, the actual World Cup will be over because <laughs> the final is on the Sunday. Oh, yeah. So we'll probably do another podcast maybe on Wednesday evening uh-huh. um, to cover those games, cover the semi-finals, and then we'll we'll likely do the uh, the normal Monday podcast to, to review the final. Uh, unless England are in it, of course, in which case we... Well, actually, no, because we'll all be pissed, won't we? Yeah. So <laughs> we probably won't. So, yeah, that's the plan then. So normal uh, podcast I'll be next week. the Monday off if we're in the final. Sure. <laughs> we'll be, uh, yeah, all croaky voices <laughs> oh, doing yeah. that podcast on the Monday if we suddenly won the World Cup. So, yeah, we'll do a normal podcast next week. Then we'll do a midweek one on the Wednesday. Uh, I think we'll probably do that regardless of whether England get through or not, you know, being a World Cup. Yeah. Um, and then we're into the, uh, to the, to the World Cup. Third place back playoffs. To, back to the Premier League. And then back to Premier League, back to normality. I'm still working on getting that guest to, to come on the show um, before the end of the World Cup. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, yeah, normal service will be resumed and we can get back to the craziness that is fantasy football as well. It's been, been quite nice. Uh, it's nice having a break, actually. Although I've been doing the World Cup one. But... No, I, I deliberately didn't. I just wanted a bit of a breather. I've I, I done the Dream Team one where you pretty much just set and forget your team. So oh, I've not okay. had to be making loads of subs and... Because, yeah, I, I, I wanted a break as well, especially how <laughs> crap I've been doing. Well, I mean, we've all got the opportunity to, to go mad this time with the, un- with the of, unlimited subs. On top of my uh, World Cup one, so I'm hoping I can take that form into <laughs> the Premier League. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how you'll get on with picking Mbappe for a Premier League. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Premier League, uh, pre- Fantasy League. Right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will see you all again next Monday. Bye. Bye.